0: I'm Logan Bishop from Belmont University.
1: And I'm Jenna Spinelli from Penn State. You're listening to Higher Ed Social, part of the Connect EDU network.
0: Welcome to the show. Uh, Corinne, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Sure. I am Corinne Myers. I'm the Associate Director of Marketing in the Central Communications Office for the University of Michigan. Awesome. So that
1: can mean, um, I know everybody's marketing shops are set up slightly
2: differently. So what does that entail for you at Michigan? Oh gosh, um, if you would have asked me that um, pre-COVID, um, I'd have a different answer. But um, today, um, that means a couple of things. So, I working in the central communications office for the university um, means I have an interesting spot um, that is kind of a higher level, um, like overview of the university. So we have we have. Um, a hub and spoke model, almost. Or we're tr- we're trying to have a hub and spoke model anyway. Um, so every individual school and college has their own marketing departments and the directors. Um, where I sit in the central office, um, I get to work on presidential initiatives. So um, currently, that's um, you know the the work around um, a safe semester in in person, hybrid, and, and remote learning. Um, Other times it's the Go Blue Guarantee, which is an affordability campaign um, for for students with uh, low income students. Um, And it's also other things like, you know, we we do a lot of research and other things. So how do we communicate those out at a central level and then also push out to the schools and colleges for them for them to um, promote as well. Um, but most of my days uh, as of late have been spent project managing um all the uh, communications out of the university about our um our fall semester oh. um and gosh, it tends to not end so' um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a couple little emails here and there you know so, yeah so you know. to a couple little things <laughs> um, at the same time, I manage a team of digital marketers um, as of Oh, I was hired three years ago. As of three years ago, we have an in-house marketing team that can do paid media and other things like that at a central level. And we actually, we um, help um, units across campus um, also do their, their digital marketing strategies. And we've launched um, three recruitment campaigns in the last week or so, major recruitment campaigns um, for um, our art and design school, for our Flint, campus um for our law school so that's also happening (laughs) i call it my day job my day job is happening um and then also managing the the fall communications
0: that's awesome so do you do a lot of recruitment marketing for i mean is it for everybody or just uh very specific areas of campus
2: so the university of michigan is um i think different in in that we have an in-house agency called Michigan Mm -hmm. Creative, but it's a fee-for-service auxiliary unit. So essentially, if you want, if you're, you know, the engineering school, for example, if you want um, services through central communications, you basically pay a fee. You pay us for our time. Um, and, and that actually hasn't been, That's not a, it's not a new program, but historically that we haven't offered, um, paid media services and marketing services, um, that are basically recruitment specific. Um, but, um, I was hired not to do any of this, <laughs> but <laughs> here I am. Job um, creep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, built a team. Um, that we now focus a lot of our work on recruitment and we actually we have brought in I think it's over a million dollars now back into um, University of Michigan to facilitate these campaigns it's mostly recruitment
0: that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah we do a lot of recruitment marketing on our side we're a little different we we are kind of an, in uh, kind of an agency kind of model um, but uh, obviously we um, well, I think our difference is that we don't, um, we don't charge, uh, mostly because Belmont is centralized as far as marketing goes. So all we own all the marketing money, so we'd just be paying ourselves, <laughs> um, which I guess is cool. Um, I guess that's what we do. But, um, but it, it, it happened about five or six years ago. We switched to, this, um, to a centralized marketing model where um, pretty much everyone – um, all of their marketing budgets uh, uh, come through us, and uh, there are a few exceptions, uh, like our law school or athletics, you know, things like that. Um, admissions has, uh, even does a lot of stuff through us, so it's, 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 kind, of a, it's kind of an interesting kind of thing, uh, uh, so we're a little different, but um, it must be nice to, for people to pay and, you know, appreciate what you guys do um, and appreciate it by giving you resources.
2: Yeah, you know, um so it's 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 good and it's bad. Um it's good because um as an auxiliary unit, we essentially pay for ourselves, right? So we're not generally funded. My position is generally funded. I kind of straddle um general funding plus Michigan Creative Auxiliary Unit, auxiliary unit. Um But we also have to compete with all agencies that are outside of the university so we have to work we have to work pretty hard for what we do um which which makes us um ensure that we are doing the best job possible so we have to show results we have to show roi we have to be strategic so um it's a good balance i think we also have a little bit um, leeway in terms of, of hiring and stuff like that. So, um, there is some freedom there, but at the same time, we, we have to work pretty hard to make sure that everyone believes that we're the best to come to in terms of, of these services. Yeah. I mean, you are
1: self-sustaining, but you are self-sustaining, right? You have to kind of bring, bring that, that revenue back in. And so how do you, when you're competing, I guess, so, I mean, are you guys like, Bidding on RFPs and things like that with, with, other, with outside agencies. And, and even if you're not doing that specifically, I mean, how do you position yourselves when you have some like slick agency from, I don't know, Chicago or New York or, you know, whatever city that's also trying to compete for the same work?
2: Yeah, so we do, we do bid on RFPs occasionally, but it's not necessarily where the most of, of my team's work come from. Um, so when I was hired, we had this, this campaign, it's called the This is Michigan campaign. It's a very big storytelling campaign um, that goes into local communities and shows the impact the university research has on those local communities. And it was being run by an agency, the, the, the media buy was. Um, and I was hired and I said, I can do this, bring it in house. Because um, the agency was just not, they weren't very transparent. They weren't a strategic partner, really. They would just, they would buy the media and say, here you go. Here's, here's impression numbers. And you're like, okay, well, can you like give us- Never heard more? of that
0: ever <laughs> happening before.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, over and over, right? So um, that happens and I'm like, okay, we can do this. So I brought it in house. We hired somebody to help me, worked out really well. Um, and we did that for another campaign. Um, and we started talking about it. You know, I was in meetings with um, other marketing directors and I'm like, hey, you know, we're doing this thing. We're doing good at it because look at these these metrics and numbers and give us a try. And that's kind of how it, it was kind of word of mouth. And eventually it grew to what we have now, which is close to six campaigns. And, and like I said, um, six major recruitment campaigns. Um, and then it started getting easier because you know, we increased applications by 30% over here, or we increased it over here by 15% compared to the agency they're working with. So eventually it became, we can do this, here's some case studies, um, and it got easier. But it, it is really about, you know, showing that ROI. Um, and I think it's also about being a partner and not just a vendor. Um, you know, these admissions teams, you know, I feel like I get I get kind of angry, actually. The The agencies that come in, they tend to not give the full, the full picture or they're not helpful in some ways or they report on numbers that admission, this mission person who is like overworked, right, doesn't understand these terms, but the report is using these terms and how you expect these people to understand what you're saying. And so I came in and it was, it's education. It's about partnership. It's about strategy. And I think that combination helped win over um, some of the campus partners that we have now. Yeah, no, totally. I used to work that's in, awesome. in um, recruitment marketing at Penn State
1: and have been in those meetings where there's just a lot of like whiz bang and like jargon that's meant to sound impressive. And yeah, people just kind of buy it hook,
2: line and sinker, even though it might go over their heads. and They have no idea what people are actually talking about. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, workplace, Facebook workplace. Have you heard of that? Um, yes. So I started a workplace group when I was first hired um, and I essentially just share out like, Hey, quick tip, like don't do this or do that. Or, you know, I share Mm -hmm. out things. It's grown to like 600 communicators across campus. Like they're just, they're great. great. They crave this, right. They want, they want to understand and know they just need somebody to to help.
0: And from little 8,400 student Belmont, 600 communicators across <laughs> campus just blows my freaking mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I like to think of this as a mid sized school, but still, that is crazy. Huh. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of awesome to hear all of this great stuff. And, and it's very interesting. And this is something that I've learned just from my experience as someone who's worked in admissions and someone who's worked in marketing and who still kind of straddles the two. There, There is always jargon going back and forth to make, to make each other sound impressive that the other side totally doesn't understand, um, whether it's funnels or... Um, or the difference between prospects and... and inquiries and yeah it's it, it, i always find it interesting and it, and one of the things that i've really loved at belmont lately is that we're all starting to speak the same language um and we have for a few years now and that's so good because now everyone knows what's going on and it's not about like constantly trying to explain like spending half the meeting explaining what something means um or why we do this the way we do um, and that's, that's definitely a, a great feeling, um, especially once you get a chance to know people and, and make those connections like you do with your Facebook group. I just, I wish I had a cause for having such a thing. Um, <laughs> there's just not enough of us uh, um, around campus. So,
2: yeah. And some days well, I wish we were centralized. So, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, especially now with all the, all the COVID stuff, I imagine some of that can be pretty frustrating.
2: Oh gosh. Um, You know, it's, you know, I coming out from outside of higher ed and coming into higher ed um, was definitely an experience, um, especially how decentralized everything is. And I think the level of autonomy that is provided at a decentralized, you know, university is good in some ways. You know, they can do their own thing and, and, and fulfill their own needs. At the same time, when things like COVID happen, it's so hard to, you know wrangle the cats like almost every day right um and trying to make sure that we're all using face covering sort of face masks across you know at 19 schools and colleges and institutions oh my gosh um so yeah it's been it's been difficult but it's also been a really cool experience because i've been able to work with people i've never worked before with before like student life um i historically haven't been working with them right they they deal with Current students, and I'm I'm more concentrated on prospective students, uh, but working with them has been really cool. So it's it's about you know that that those bridges, um, being built, and it's definitely got got us to a better place um, communications-wise. Um, you know, obviously a bad situation to get to get to that point, but it's been helpful in, in, in bridging those gaps.
1: Yeah, so uh, switching gears here, I see on your bio that you are an avid eater, coffee drinker, Kindle reader, Netflix documentary watcher. So um, I guess let's start with favorites, quarantine eats, and uh, anything uh,
2: good maybe you've been reading or,
1: or watching as of late. Gosh, I feel
2: like, um, I was like, you know, if I could work from home more often, I'd eat so much healthier. And like, that is not the not case. Not <laughs>
0: Not true.
2: (laughs) So when I was in my office, I could walk down like a block down the street. and I had coffee one way and I had this cute little cafe the other way. And, you know, I would spend gobs of money. But at the same time, I was actually getting like a decent meal. Now it's like I like grab the watermelon bowl, put it on my desk and eat out of it all day. Mm -hmm. Like it's super, I'm sure, just really bad. But I'm really, Um, I really just chocolate is like my thing, dark chocolate all day for some reason. And now it's worse because I have access to it all day.
0: So um, my, here's my confession. Um, I Uber eats McDonald's today. (laughs) That's what I did. (laughs) Yeah. Right before the show, actually. Um, Because that's how much I don't (laughs) want (laughs) to go. That's how bad it's gotten. Like at, at some point now, like I just, so tired after working because i don't know um working from home i tend to work harder because it's i'm having to keep up with all the things that i have to keep up with plus now school started yay so i get to teach a seven-year-old how to do math um which is so much fun um actually it is fun i do enjoy that um it it's it's a little less stressful i guess sometimes but um but it's so weird because I'm like getting him set up for his next class on his iPad on Microsoft Teams, which is like really we're using Microsoft Teams for seven-year-olds. Okay, cool, yeah. Okay, I can barely get the people like I mean this isn't against anybody that I work with, but we use Microsoft Teams too um, and Zoom at Belmont, and half of us know how to use it how do I expect a seven-year-old to know how to switch the gallery mode and then use the raise hand function and unmute his mic? Oddly enough, Simon is actually learning how to do that. But it's, it's so interesting. And, you know, I'm getting him set up while trying to do my own Zoom meeting over here on the side to talk about debate stuff or or you know our preview day virtual preview day or something like that um and it's just so weird just going back and forth and having to change my change the it's like flipping between different channels and trying to do two things at once when you can't do picture in picture um it's just very hard um i don't know if you're either of you are experiencing that um but uh it's it's just crazy. Um I didn't realize the kid thing would be as much of a thing. Um
2: staying <laughs> kids.
0: <laughs> well, and since Marion and I both work at my wife my wife's name is Marion. Um we both work at Belmont. So we we're like if one of us is on campus, one of us is here. So, um we actually split today. Um, I did the morning and she did the evening. Tomorrow, I've got all day. And Friday, she's got all day. So it's and it's just so interesting. Um, yep,
2: we start school. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old as well. Um, we start school uh, next Tuesday. Um, my husband also works at the university, but he works in Michigan Medicine side and he has to go to work. So um, I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work. We're gonna figure out, I guess. I, I think it's it's crazy to be able... I told my boss, I said, I am way more productive doing this because I can just do zoom, 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 mm-hmm. and not have to like walk across campus to a meeting and like all these things, right? I'm not interrupted throughout the day when people walk into my office. So it's yeah, way more productive, but it's also way depressing. like harder. Yeah, it's depressing. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: That, that 10 minute walk across campus is, there's trees right. and they're saying <laughs> hi to people and there's stopping to get coffee and there's a break there's a break in it and Mm -hmm. when you work from home i mean there's the cat (laughs) but that's it i don't know if you heard sam but (laughs) that was sam um when when there's a there's not a break there it's just and i find myself not eating lunch Mm -hmm. i find myself it's three o'clock and i'm like
1: whoa it's I've been not nine in o'clock chair anymore. for six hours. I need to stand up and oh, it hurts when you stand up because you've been sitting for so long.
0: And my Apple watch hates me right mm. now. Mm-hmm. It hates me so much. It's making me feel guilty for not standing up. It's making me feel guilty because I'm not hitting my 700 calories yeah. I'm supposed to hit every day. Like you're not getting enough exercise, Logan. And I'm like, thanks yeah. Siri.
1: You know, I've actually started to, uh, in the mornings, around, like, 8 or 8.30, and then again in the evenings, I started taking, like, two laps around my neighborhood as my, like, commute to, because I used to have to walk about 10 or 15 minutes from where I parked to where my office was on campus, so trying
2: to at least get some of that time in. Yeah, I took up running, which... (laughs) I don't run, but now I'm running.
0: <laughs> hey, I hey hey, that's that's actually my stress relief. Um, my problem is I live in Tennessee and it is summer still mm. according to my calendar. Um, so it's like you know 100% humidity, 90 degrees. Mm. Um, so I have to do all my running in the morning mm-hmm. at like five o'clock, which is miserable. Oh yeah. We, um, lived,
2: we lived in Tennessee. It was, I was get the heck out of there is what I wanted to do. Real quick. <laughs> it's Too not loud. that
0: bad in the winter though.
2: Isn't it though? It's like ice storm or it's a hundred degrees. It's like there's nothing in between.
0: We haven't had an ice storm because of global warming in quite a while. Oh. Uh, so, so, you know, now it's just the coldest like winter days are like 50, which is like, I could deal with that. Um, it's just sad because it gets before in Tennessee, it would get cold enough where it should snow. Um, but it didn't. Um, and now it's just, maybe we get an inch or two a year and that's it. It's kind of depressing.
2: That's bizarre. Yeah. We lived there. Oh gosh. My daughter's seven. So four or five years ago. And it was like, mm-hmm. we had like a snow. We, my husband was stationed at Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had lived, um, in Clarksville and it was like, what like the entire city shut, like an inch of snow, right? So in Michigan, it's like, okay, whatever. But like an inch of snow shut down the entire like state for like two weeks. It was nuts.
0: Yep, that's Nashville. <laughs> that's Nashville. Um, but, you know, the thing that I love though, is that, you know, for most of the year, that's not summer. Nashville is actually a pretty great place to run. Like I've, I love running. We There's so many great trails around here. Um, I have a park like right down from the house that has like 10 K worth of running trails. Um, It's, and it's all in the woods and it's nice and it's next to the river. Um, So it's, there's a lot of great stuff and running is awesome. Um, I mean, you know, once you get past the whole summer thing um, and the freezing in the winter, but beyond that, it's great. Uh, It's
1: the only way I get my podcast listening in these days, practically.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, that's, I think that's my morning routine now is to make sure that I have my up first and my, um, other thing, uh, 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 the daily, um, that's usually when I listen to them because they're, if I put them together, um, they're just long enough to where, when I leave the house, um, to ride down to the, to the park and then run three miles and then come back, they're over. Um and, and thus my news is done. Mm-hmm. But lately I haven't been able to listen to the news, so I just listen to uh I listen to audiobooks.
2: Yeah, I don't actually like, enjoy the running. Really? <laughs> no, no. I, I mean afterwards I feel good and I, I yeah, know that's it's the thing. helping my mental health. Like during the run, mm-hmm. I'm kinda hating my life. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't actually enjoy it. It.
0: It takes a little while (laughs) to start to enjoy it. Um, Honestly, for me, um, anything under three miles is just kind of like, ugh. But once I hit, once I go past three miles and I'm doing a long run, like that's when it starts to feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it, we're doing it. And then, you know, you get to like seven miles and you're like, okay, I'm
2: still doing it. Yeah, I ain't ever getting to seven miles. Oh, you know, I said that, I said that,
0: and actually, um, my perfect distance right now where I'm like still happy at the end of the run is like eight miles. Um, after that, I get kind of, uh, start to get tired. Um, but the key is hydration and energy gels because, you know, if you're not tired anymore, if you're not tired when you're running, because you're like high on something, um, it, it, it makes it a lot better. Um, <laughs> And I'm not saying you're high. It's just it gives you a caffeine rush and like a vitamin sugar B rush, run.
1: yeah, and are a sugar rush drug? all at the
0: same. No, no, no. They're just little <laughs> energy gels. Anyway, I, I talked these, about myself too much.
1: Uh, crazy, running buddies who they they all trained for like half marathons and full marathons and all this, and I just go along on their their training runs for the most part. But there was a period of time last summer where they would start at like 5 a.m. and do 10 miles in the morning and then go work all day and it was during our summer open house when you're like running around campus all day and in yeah it was nuts man
0: running a half like running almost a half marathon at five now and then working yeah i'm not that crazy um i see i'm not i'm one of those people that's like i don't even want to cross train (laughs) like that's a that's too much work um, uh, but I, 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 have run like six half marathons, um, which is, sounds impressive yeah. until you actually meet people at half marathons. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm quaint, <laughs> uh, <laughs> less than 10. I'm obviously a slacker. Um, like, uh, one of our, uh, one of the people that I, I've worked with, um, at Belmont before has run like 50. Wow that's why
1: there's a lot lot of of, (laughs) like a law of diminishing returns there for
0: are you gonna melt them down like the metals one day and and make something like i I don't know what's the what's the end goal there
2: talk (laughs) about it on podcasts i guess
0: i guess
1: (laughs) Just gonna ask so we didn't get to uh kindle any
2: any good recommendations lately you know um Pre-COVID, it's like BC. Um, I would, you know, actually watch documentaries and read actual, like, real things. You know, like the history of feminism or whatever stuff like that. Now I just can't handle it. Um, it's like I'm now reading, like, you know, vampires and watching anything that doesn't require me to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's very, like, mind-numbing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's some Um, werewolves in there, too. Those always go hand in hand. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, To the point about not thinking,
1: um, have you watched any of the Supermarket Sweep episodes on Netflix? If you have not, they're delightful. Yeah, they just put up, like, 15 of them in all their 90s glory. And it's
2: amazing. (laughs) i haven't i know i'm not a really big tv watcher um Mm -hmm. it's got a so stranger things i watched that what was the the umbrella academy i finished that one um otherwise i haven't i've been avoiding it i i probably read an hour a day Mm -hmm. um i can't fall asleep without my kindle which is probably like you know not good for survival but um i i read a lot and it's it's it really is like anything i can like not have to think about is is the book i have Mm -hmm kindle unlimited so whatever they they suggest i read it
0: <laughs> so are are you that's my the only thing with kindles and i love mine i do exactly like you the only problem is, is i always hit myself in the face with it like right that's like that's like when i know it's time to go to bed is when when the kindle comes down and smacks hmm. me in the face
2: Oh, i do i sleep um, on the side so i kindle oh. on the side
0: See, I used to do that too. And then I dropped the Kindle off the side of the bed and then I broke one that way. You know, it's one of those things that I can't believe I just admitted to. Um, <laughs>
2: but <laughs> It's okay. My husband, I know he's falling asleep and his cell phone hits him in the face. So,
0: mm, <laughs> my Yeah, I, I've learned not to do the cell phone because that keeps me up. Yeah. It's, it's like a self, if I stay on my phone, I have to get off of it 30 minutes before. Otherwise, I will not go to sleep. I I used to be a news junkie but now I can't I can't do it. So I listen to audiobooks um about space operas and <laughs> yeah, I'm ru- actually running out of those because I'm going through them too fast <laughs> and I'm having to read listen to them um and reread them. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I yeah. like i i mean my family's on facebook i just can't i can't do it i just need my like mental health is like all right can we just not do any of this this news or documentaries or like you know all the documentaries like oh the you know the rise of fascism and like Mm -hmm. all right i just can't do this (laughs) i don't want to watch it anymore i don't i'm living it i don't want to watch it so can we (laughs) do some you know teen mom instead Mm -hmm. or something
0: (laughs) teen mom i don't watch that in a long time
2: you know it's kind of my guilty pleasure, maybe because it makes me feel better I don't know because like i don't know <laughs> sixteen well, it's impressive.
0: kind of it's kind of a documentary
2: kinda yeah
0: kind of yeah. it's shot in the documentary style sort of
2: sort of i don't yeah. know is it still on? are they still making new episodes or is it just reruns at this point I think it's just reruns, yeah, or feed Phil i don't know if you've seen that um, <laughs> somebody feed Phil i don't know it it's it is food so that's also pretty safe mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah my, my my safe go-to is british baking show because you can't you can't you can't do worse than that i mean in the fact that i hate reality tv and that is literally the only reality tv i will watch because it's so positive and happy um and i i don't really care about baking i i do enjoy baking but like not like that (laughs) but but i don't know it's about the people and it's about seeing creativity and and sometimes that's cool yeah just uh uh, other shows like it i haven't been able to stand um like i tried the one with uh uh amy poehler and and um what's his name uh uh nick offerman they they had like this creative show where you make crafts um and i just couldn't couldn't do it <laughs> um, really? I think it's because they're because they're playing for money. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and with British baking show, you're going for a plate, and that's really it—a plate. With British baking show, like inscribed oh, on it, that you that's, can put yeah. a cake on it.
2: Low stakes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Low stakes. Well, I mean, <laughs> usually if you're in the top five, you're pretty much set for life because you get to, you know, you get your own show on Food Network, and you get, you know, all this other stuff. But it's only because you've earned it. Um, because you're good at baking as opposed to winning a million dollars
1: mm.
0: and being better than the other people. You know, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to work for it. Just like Corinne was saying about uh, to bring it all back around here. Let's see how this one goes, Logan. You got to gotta work for it, just like uh, Corinne and, and her colleagues do when they're out competing with all those fancy agencies. They got to they gotta prove their worth.
0: <laughs> I have a lot of respect for you guys doing that. <laughs> i i don't know how i would feel about doing that but thank you so much for being on the show
2: yeah no th- thanks for having me and this is great
0: well glad you enjoyed and listeners we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you'll head down to highered.social get links to the stuff we talked about today and subscribe to our show anywhere you listen to podcasts if you like the show please think about giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us and it lets us know what you think of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HES Podcast Send us a tweet, we love talking to you and don't forget to let us know if you wanna be on the show. Higher Ed Social was created by Jackie Vitrano and me, Logan Bishop, and is part of the Connect Edu Network, the first podcast network for higher education. Visit the website connectedu.network and subscribe to some awesome shows no matter where you work on campus. Thanks and we'll see you soon.